then the Sevilla players had to been called back from the dressing room to play the final 60 seconds. Wait, what? They, got in. they went to the dressing room. Today he started like our three dookiest <laughs> midfielders. <laughs> and... yeah. What happens when you leave England? <laughs> <laughs> Leipzig ended up winning 2 0 against Stuttgart. Uh, and that brings them yeah. to second still in the table. And then, yeah, it uh, gives them some security to probably, they'll probably end up finishing runners up, I think. Yeah. I don't think anyone's probably going to catch them for, for second. Yeah. And no one's going to catch them. Bayern. <laughs> and yeah. Bayern lost. Bayern is, well, well this, Bayern could have clinched the, the trophy this weekend if they won. Yeah. Um, but they they faced a pretty persistent Mainz team who's been in, in good form lately, kind of battling out of relegation. They're um, in 12th place now. Yeah. Well, those three yeah. points that they got will definitely help them a lot, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, bumped them up. So from yeah. 12th place from where they're at, even Hoffenheim with 36 points, at the, the relegation is 29. Yeah, even Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim has had two good results in a row, backed by Andre Kramerich. He's been playing superb for Hoffenheim mm -hmm. got them two big wins in a row and kind of took them out of the relegation but the relegation scrap in the Bundesliga right now is pretty pretty intense like Schalke already confirmed to be relegated but between Hertha Cologne, Cologne Bielefeld Bremen Augsburg Mainz um, maybe Hoffenheim pretty, yeah maybe Hoffenheim but it's, it's pretty tight like there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams like like Hertha Berlin have three games in hand it's like they've only played 28 games and they're on 26 points, so they could still climb up a little bit. So there's a lot of shifting that could be done at the bottom of the table there. So pretty, uh, pretty interesting. But I think what's a little bit more interesting is definitely the top half of the table, from third to maybe sixth. You can you can potentially say with Leverkusen. Yeah. I don't know, but um, Wolfsburg and Frankfurt both dropped points this weekend, which was, as a Dortmund fan, amazing to see. Yep. Huge. And then Leverkusen, yeah, Leverkusen played a good game against uh, Frankfurt with a big 3-1 dub. Um, I think it was, I think I know Bellarabi missed a couple of chances, but it was Leon Bailey who's been in really good form lately. He scored uh, one, assisted one, and then Andre Silva pulled one back, typical Andre Silva header, 90th minute, um, and then they closed it off 3-1. So that was big for Leverkusen because it kind of keeps them around in the talk to potentially... Uh, talk about Europa League, uh, but it, it was it, yeah, it was definitely bigger for for Dortmund to kind of keep Frankfurt within a touching distance, um, and then that Dortmund game against Wolfsburg was definitely a big result because that was like a six pointer. Like if you lose that game, then it's like you're you're dropping three points for yourself, but you're also giving a team that you're battling with three points. Yeah, exactly. It was it was it was a it was definitely a big game on the calendar, especially after they blew the game against. Frankfurt late on, like right near the end of the game, which was like another six pointer. They blew that one, so they definitely had to make sure they got this one right. And you know, I thought that I thought they played well. Like the, Wolfsburg was was definitely dominating the game. Like Wolfsburg, you know, they controlled possession for large portions of the game, even before the red card. But it was just like that w one mistake from I think it was uh, miscommunication between uh, Baku and Brooks, where Baku played the back pass. Brooks. Oh yeah, that was Holland such a bad play. Yeah, and then Holland just ran in behind, and then he, it was a, it was a good finish to, to get him behind. Um, and then you know the Bellingham red card that was definitely a, a tough blow for him, and it's tough too because it means that he's not going to be able to play against um, 
Leipzig, which is the next game in the league. So that's a pretty big game too to be missing out with Jude. But you know, it's one of those things. Like he's seventeen at the end of the day. Like he has a, he has, he has a lot to learn, right? Like it's gonna happen, right? It was like I think it was one of the youngest red cards that's ever been given out. So pretty pretty interesting stat for his career. But <laughs> but uh, you know, once he once he got the red, Delaney came on, and Delaney I thought played excellent after missing almost about a month like an Achilles injury. He came in, he played really well. It was almost like he was he was playing for two players, like the amount of ground he was covering. And same with Dahoud. Like him and Dahoud in the midfield, they were just covering so much ground. And then Dahoud made that, that great pass into Holland to kind of seal the game. So and despite it. yeah, and despite being a man down, like like uh I thought I defended well. Like Pishek coming back into the side the past two games, two clean sheets ever since Pishek has came back in and it just you know that experience, you know, like he knows how to defend. He knows when to. He knows when to. When to like pinch in and, and and step up. He knows when to hold back. Like he he wins everything in the air. Like he's he's definitely been like a really solid addition to come back in the squad. And it's like, I would say play him out, play him right to the end of the season. It's his last yeah. season, so if he keeps playing like that, keep playing him because he he definitely brings a little bit more solidity to the back line. And I think it even allows Guerrero to to push up a little bit more in attack because it's like. Almost, they almost kind of started playing like how Juventus do with that kind of that false, false three back or false four back, where like Cuadrado pushes up a lot more and their left back kind of stays back and it turns almost into a back three. That was almost what they were doing sometimes, where Guerrero would move up and then Pichek would kind of hold back and almost be like a three man back line that would hold back. So, yeah, it was definitely a good performance considering they're missing Hummels as well, which I, I was nervous about having Emery Chan having to slot, slide back mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> the first half, and he was—he played. I think he made a lot of mistakes in the first half, a lot of missed kicks and stuff like that. But going back into the second half, I thought he played—he played well. Like there was that one play just before the Bellingham red, where he—it was like a—it was like a three-on-one, and he cut off the pass really well. So it was good to kind of see him getting some confidence back because he's definitely going to be a player that's going to be crucial down the stretch the last three games. And you know, at the end of the day, Dortmund just—they just need to win their next three games. That's all they got to do. Easier said than done, obviously, but but um, what a what a ball from uh Dahoud to Haaland, eh? Yeah, that was that was that was a really that was a nice nice pass through, and then I think it was uh, Brooks really stepped up, and he was like trying to make the mm-hmm. make the pass. Then he, he got the pass picked, and he it kind of left Arnold all by himself. He was kind of covering for Brooks, yeah. but the crazy thing, like after watching that replay, bro, like Lacroix almost caught up to Haaland. Yeah, that's what I thought was crazy, bro. Because Haaland is like one of the quickest players in the league. Lacroix was like to the right and like up, and he almost caught up. So it just goes to show like how how quick he is. And like even watching the game, like even though like Wolfsburg didn't really have a lot of defending to do, like Lacroix had had like a pretty solid game. So he's definitely gonna be a player that's gonna be in high demand. You know, yeah. he's quick, he's good on the ball. So he's definitely gonna be another one of those French center backs that probably gonna move on to bigger things. As but, if they're yeah. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Hood, man. He saw our Instagram story. Yeah. I know you're watching this yeah. right now. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Big sure. Mo. <laughs> Big Mo. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be getting a nice contract extension, which which I think nobody would have saw coming at the beginning of the year. But I think um, the Bundesliga was interviewing him, and he's like, "Oh, like you know, like what's like what's inspired like your your change of form? Like was it that goal against Sevilla? Like you know, sometimes yeah, that yeah, can yeah. help." And he's like, "No, it's just like the coach. The coach trusts me." And it just goes to show sometimes, like, for some players, like, all, sometimes all you need is your coach to back you. And sometimes they go out and they can, you know, perform to that level that 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 you know they can. So it was it's good to see, like, 
Terzic, obviously, he's not an experienced coach, like, tactically. Like, he probably doesn't really have, like, you know, as much of a tactical mind as some of these other managers. He's, but definitely, a, he's, passion. he's definitely a team. A, he's definitely a player coach, not a team coach. Yeah. That's the thing. There's those type of coaches where, like, players will respect and love. And, like, they don't, they're not, like, scared to go out and perform. Like, they feel like it's not just for, like, it's not like, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out and perform for the team, for the club. I'm going to perform there for the coach because I want to show the coach, like, just for such a good man that he is, I know you know what I mean. Sometimes, like the the player, the coach kind of like gives players like a hard time, or like just really strict yeah. coaches. Some coaches kind of like a little bit more laid back, but the players have that connection with them, right? So, yeah, he's very passionate. Like every game you watch, you just hear him yelling for the full ninety minutes, like yeah. press, Jude, press, press, Geo, press. Like he just always like telling the players like you no know, to press or to drop back, whatever. So. It's good experience for him, and it, and it was especially because he's been like a lifelong Dortmund fan. So imagine like having that opportunity as like a fan of your club, just oh, to yeah, somehow for sure. fall ass backwards into into the chance to coach your club through, like throughout the end of the or, season. It would be pretty play. pretty cool, you know. Grove Grove Kreutz, yeah, yeah, Grove Kreutz too, man. Dortmund on fifty five points, one point off of that Champions League spot. Think they have to make that? It's looking uh, like it's gonna happen. I, they they've won like I don't know they've won they've been getting in like the consistency this year like bro they've lost ten games in the league, which if you look at like the other teams in the top four no one's even close even if you go down to like, the top eight I think no one's even close to losing that many games so yeah it's either the season they've either been winning or they're losing they've barely drawn any games so it just kind of goes to show like, this season they've been really inconsistent Man. obviously changing the coach does that but I think if you look at like the the, the schedules like. I think Frankfurt on paper have like the easiest schedule. I think they have like Freiburg. I think they have Mainz. All all three teams play Mainz, which is pretty interesting. Um, but I know Dortmund. Dortmund have probably the tougher schedule on paper. They play Mainz. They they have Leipzig. They have Mainz, and they have Leverkusen. And then they also have the Pokal to worry about. They have the Pokal against I think Holstein Kiel. And then if they win that game, and if Leipzig win their game, then they have potentially Leipzig. Um, so that's definitely tough. And then I think uh, Wolfsburg have Mainz. They have uh, Mainz, they have Leipzig, and they have uh, Union Berlin. So Mainz and Leipzig, they both play, same as Dortmund. And then Union Berlin and Leverkusen, you can kind of say are very similar. Like even just looking at the league position, they're pretty much neck and neck. So Wolfsburg, I, Wolfsburg and Dortmund, I think, are going to be the ones fighting it out just because I think Frankfurt, I think, have the easiest kind of schedule but you never know what can happen and it's huge for Dortmund right because like it's a make or break because if you don't make Champions League you're gonna lose players if you make Champions League you're gonna keep players you can see either Sancho or or Haaland are gonna leave if if they don't make them they don't make a Champions League can you see both of them leaving if they don't make it some players are like that some players aren't they they, like I don't know they, they, they're, they're not in like financial trouble so like Unless the players like request vocally, like, or want to leave, vocally request and like make a scene, like players like Dembele and Aubameyang did, then they're not gonna just like force sell it. Like if an offer comes in that's let's say that is what they want for the player, then they're gonna take it. Like if a team comes in with like 160 million for Holland or 120 million or whatever they want for Sancho, then they're gonna take it. But teams Why aren't not? gonna come in with that money, especially now. They're gonna try to lowball and and Dortmund don't need to sell and like the play like. Sancho's happy. Like, everybody's happy. Holland, I think, is the only one that kind of has that. I don't know. I think a lot of it's with his agent. and Yeah, the pressure. A little bit, too. A lot of pressure and a lot of, like, 
his agent wants him to move on so obviously he can make those commissions. And take advantage so, of it, right? Yeah. If there's anyone, like, I don't know, it's it's tough. Like, if there's anyone I could see leaving this summer, if they don't make Champions League, it would probably be, be Haaland. Um, but also, Zork has come out and said that Haaland's going to be playing with the team no matter what competition they're in next year. So, I don't know. I don't know how reliable that is, so... That that's the to, one. one yeah, you just have to you just have to wait and see. Right? That's the one thing that sucks though. Like it's it's hard to like keep players in your squad that are doing so well. And it's like, okay, like we have these players now, like fuck it, like let's sign a couple more that can actually help us. And maybe if we do win cha- make Champions League next year, and we keep these guys, maybe make one or two more signings, let's go for it. You know what I mean? But it's hard because yeah, kind of players don't kind of see Dorman as a final final squad to like get success from because it's been so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one, the last time they they made a they made Champions League, they lost against because of uh, Bayern, right? And yeah, that was back in was what? 20, was it yeah, back that's a while back. That's t- what? Over 2013. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even w- winning the league, years, yeah. winning the league. But like, if they can keep these players, maybe make one or two more signings, and like make Champions League next year. Like, I feel yeah, like I, why I, not? You I know what I mean? If they make Champions League, it'll be one of those situations where okay, let's. Let's run it back, you know. Because like how far they made it this year, they they did so well with like the players they had, and no one really thought because they they had a little bit slow in the beginning of the season. They made it this far again, like re- replacing a couple players, like getting a little maybe a better goalie, maybe signing a better center back, maybe signing another like some someone who can another winger because I know that sometimes again with injuries, like you don't you don't have to be playing like seventeen year olds all the time. Like yeah. Bellingham is that De- Bellingham is definitely first team like quality. The who two in the middle. But maybe like a player to replace like Royce because I know Thorgan's there too. But Thorgan again, he's in and out of form. He's injured. Sancho gets injured yeah, sometimes. He's, he's he's more of a winger. I don't know. This, this season I think was was especially tough because it was like you had the beginning of the season Sancho was out of form, and then Holland was kind of carrying. Then Holland got hurt, and then Sancho was still out of out of form. Then that led to Favre getting fired, and then new manager comes in. You know Sancho's back, but Holland's injured. So you, so you don't kind of have them together. So it's like I, at the times where Sancho's been playing well and Holland's been healthy, they've looked really strong. But it's it's just been more of an issue this season to, to get them playing well and to get them both fit at the same time has been kind of the struggle. So I think if they make Champions League, it'll be one of those situations, okay, let's run it back, new coach, um, you know, get some more depth pieces in so we don't have to worry about, you know, relying on the kids all the time and then and go from there. But I definitely think goalie is a position that they, they've, They've come out and said that they want to strengthen. Yeah. But it'll just, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a new manager, a new playing style. So it just depends, like, which players he sees fitting his play style. He doesn't, right? So. And that's the thing. It's going to be hard because I don't really see teams still. We're still in this hard times. We're still in COVID. We're still, no one's really making money. There's still these big teams in debt. Like, I don't know if someone's really going to go out there, if they're stupid enough to go out there and start dropping 150. 160 on a player you know what i mean and at that yeah, point i'm like you know what like no at that point i'd understand if dortmund didn't make champions league and they did want to go win the league and like at that point like i would still sell him like you know what i mean 160 mil like he's a great player he's definitely a player you want to keep on your side but again you never know what's going to happen in the future you never know if Dor- if he gets an injury next season you never know if he's going to like go yeah. down you know what i mean you might as well just cash out it's a big cash out and again, yeah. if you want, you and can you definitely keep sign your squad finance for the next few years. Yeah, and like again, yeah. once once shit gets back together, you make more money. Then again, sign big players to maybe start getting those trophies. Like you know what I mean? But 
there's there's definitely like a lot of questions if again if they make the Champions League, if whoever they excel, whoever they keep. So yeah, but speaking of making the Champions League, Juventus possibly Jeez. Champions League spot if Napoli wins their game tomorrow. Time Chris, let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, it was it was a rough game. It was a rough game. That's such a bad first half. Like I, I, sometimes, okay, I I started saying said this like the past couple of weeks, but Pill, his his um his decision making, like when it comes to lineups, aren't aren't good. Like today, he started like our three. Dukiest <laughs> midfielders, and <laughs> you can say it. Just say it. Shittiest or worst. So I'm, I, I, I like Dukiest. Garbage. <laughs> and and Rabio, Bentancourt, and Ramsey. Why is Ramsey touching the field when we're in Rambo, a, use, a top four race right now with like four Green other Rambo. teams? No, you don't play him. You just don't play him. You have McKinney and Arthur on the bench, perfectly fine. I guess I, I get to the poker boys. Doesn't trust them. But but like you have to, you have to. You want to, if you want to make top four, you have to. But it wasn't till until uh, the second half when they started actually doing something because the first half it was literally all Fiorentina. They had Rabio was defending with his arms in the air for some reason, handballed it. Yeah. Uh, Vavic, he's he's probably destined for something. He's a good player. Panenka goal, man. Little Panenka. Nice, yeah. Against Even Kielo's his hold-up play was good too. Like he was, you know, he had to go up against Chiellini, Bonucci, and Delic. Like those are three like pretty prominent center backs, and he was doing well, like holding up the ball. Him and Ribery up top were really kind of creating danger the first half. Yeah, and the least. fact that it, they play with literally only those two guys at top and they're creating danger is it shows how good of a player that well both obviously Ribery, but shows how good of a player Vlahovic yeah. is. Uh, in the second half, they made two subs right off the bat. They brought in um, McKe- what was it, McKenny and Morata. Oh, Kulisevsky Morata. Yeah. And I think it was like like four minutes in Morata. He gets a through ball from uh, Quadrado. Yeah. Brings it down, cuts it back. A little finesse to the top left. Beautiful. A nice goal. I haven't yeah. seen Morata play like this in a while, but it shows that when, competi- when competition comes, like he played like he was playing like this when Dybala was fit at the beginning of the season. Now Dybala's fit again. When he has competition, he plays better. Yeah. But... Yeah, other than that, it wasn't like Juve only had one shot on net. Like, <laughs> really? That was a, yeah, it wasn't like Man. Juve did not play good. It, it was not a good game. I think Juve okay. had four. Pirlo in or Pirlo out? Well, obviously, if if once they drop out of the top four, it's it's, it's going to have to be Pirlo. Out. If if he could survive this top four, then I, I'd say keep him for another season. Give him a midfield that he could actually work with. And then see how he does, but if he's not making top yeah. four, then he, he's got to be out. You're gonna have to bring him like. What what midfielder you would you look for? No, I literally, literally just go for CDR proven players. Like, Who <laughs> would you go for? Locatelli, and I'm honestly I I'd take Dipal because he's not gonna he's not gonna cost you much, and he's probably one of the best CDR midfielders. If you're if you're willing to spend a little bit more money, then yeah, you could take like Savage, but. I'll take I'll take Locatelli DePaul. Uh, we also had I want to talk about this this Udinese kid, another UK talent, Braff. Yeah, he came from Man City. He came from Man City. Seventieth minute came on, seventy third minute goal. 
Is, is this yeah. going to be another UK town? He's English. He's English, yeah. yeah. What happens when you leave England? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's the thing. These English players, when they once they go out and like play in other countries, like, they don't have that pressure. Media yeah, pressure. Media he's, pressure. Uh, he's Dutch, by the way. Was he? He's Dutch. Oh, good one, good one, good one, good one, I had a feeling, man. The, the, man, do your research, I, brother. His voice, no, his, his last it, name didn't sound Twitter. like it was from the UK. <laughs> I, saw, I saw on Twitter. But either way, he's a, he's a good talent. He's a good player. <laughs> but yeah, even then, just English players leaving the country is, is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, enter another goal from Hakimi assist to Darmian, wing back to wing back. Hakimi, man. Akimi almost scored a free kick today too. He got his right off the post. He's he's yeah. he's fitting in nicely. Inter for winning the scudetto. Yeah, Inter won the scudetto. It's pretty much over. Basically, hey, but good good for them because they they had one. They they really wanted to go out there and that they had one trophy to win. They wanted once they wanted one thing and they went out and got it. Like signing all these players that were like same one thing. Like why signing these older players? Why spending so much player money on the right back? You know what I mean? Depth and uh, like I know it shows they. They got what they wanted, and look, it proves. Like you know what I mean. I mean, it's 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 uh, what Conte does. He wins the league. Like he he brought uh, like a, a seventh, eighth place Juventus to win the Scudetto. He brought a fourth place Chelsea to win the Prem, and now he's doing it with Inter. He's a, he, he's a league merchant. He can't do it in Europe, but he does it in the league. But uh, kudos. Yeah, Roma, another loss. They lost <laughs> Cagliari. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They brought it back, but then Cagliari They're focusing on Europa League. Yeah, but they... Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not going to win anything, it looks like. But, uh... And then you got, the, for the last game, you got Atalanta 5 nothing to Bologna. Absolutely. Off the, ju- off the juice, these guys, bro. Yeah, these guys are... These guys are in form, man. But tomorrow... we juice. Yeah, tomorrow we got AC Milan, Lazio. That, that game's going to mean so much. If Lazio win, this, this top four race is going to be extremely close. Because so Lazio will win and they'll be on 61 points, but they'll yeah. still have a game in hand, so they could potentially be on 64 points. Yeah, this this which, top four which, race is gonna be close. And Milan are in which if Napoli wins, they'd be in they'd still be in sixth. Yeah. If, if AC Milan win, they go ahead of Juve. They're already. I think they're they're already ahead. They're ahead. They're ahead. No, they're right, no. Right now they're right now they're tied. Right now they're tied in points, but. But they're ahead. But they're yeah, ahead. They're ahead still. You're ahead. What's the tiebreaker? Is it wins or is it head to head? Head to head, right? I believe it's head to head. You, didn't you beat Milan? Oh, yeah. Million. Uh, yeah, you beat Milan. Yeah, they're, they're ahead yeah. right now. So maybe if, it's goal. So it's not. It might not. Uh, no. No, Juve is ahead. Juve, Juve, Juve is in Juve, third place. I think. I think. I think it might be wins. Juve is in third place. Yeah, I'm not for sure. Me, to be honest. For, for me, it shows Milan in third place, but it could be because they still have a game in hand. Potentially, I'm not too sure. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but anyways, that tomorrow's games are gonna mean a lot. Yeah, especially for that third, fourth, fifth, sixth area. Yeah, it's definitely uh, wow. It's pretty. It's almost sim- it's similar to the Bundesliga, maybe even more so because you have Lazio involved too. It's it's like a pretty big fight. Every on. league, like, man, like from second, second to sixth. Every league yeah. right now, it's, man. Yeah, every league is not. Yeah. It's not Besides the top. The prem. It's not no, but the Prem too. They're still fighting for third, yeah, fourth, third. Right. It's not the champion, but it's more like. Champions League, who's gonna make it? Spots in the league, right? Champions yeah. League, Euro, and like Europa. that's the thing. Yeah. Like it, it's, you can see teams that are like you never expected to be in Champions League next season, or like you can get those like the huge, you know what I mean? Like the top, the top, top four, top three. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, all the leagues have stuff going. Like, like it's literally like the leagues where the league is already settled, like Inter and City and Bayern. Those leagues, you know, it's all like fight for Champions League. There's like a big Champions League race. Mm-hmm. And the other yeah. leagues, there's not much of a Champions League race. Like the first four is pretty much settled. But there's a huge title race. Like in Madrid, in Barcelona, Sevilla even potentially as well. Yeah, yeah. can talk about that too. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, let's go on to let's go on to that time. Speaking about Barcelona, yo, Matt, Easy. tell them what tell them what it is, boy. Big two one win against the Villarreal. Two goals Griezmann, Grizu, finally getting on the scoring sheet. He's been having a good uh twenty twenty one man. Yeah, getting his his assists, man. Oscar Mingueza sent up a beautiful through ball. And Amazing ball. Griezmann a little dink right over the keeper into the net. Cheeky little finish. He ended up scoring again, uh, like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, Foyth tried to pass it back to the goalie. Yeah, an absolute disaster. Doesn't see Griezmann running back. Yeah, Spurs reject. Yeah, I didn't, re- I didn't realize he was there. I didn't realize he was there. Is he on loan or did they buy him? I bought him. I can tell you. You never do know with Tottenham players. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he passes it back. But supposedly, uh, Raul Albiot, like, points, tell him, told him, to, like, Pointed to the goalie, says pass it back, pass it back, supposedly. Yeah, but Foyth had his head down. And yeah. He he and Griezmann was crazy. already making that run, I think. I had a, like, He had a feeling or something. And then he got to the he ball. Because no one saw him. Yeah, exactly. Got to the back. But I, uh, their goalie made a really good save. Is Asensio? Asenjo. Asenjo. Yeah. He made a oh, crucial man. save against the young in front of the net. Man, De Jong had an absolute performance. Masterclass performance, just couldn't finish, man. Yeah, he could have had a brace, bro, at least. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. I could, I could comfortably say De Jong is a top three CM right now. I, oh, yeah. I would agree. De Jong, who else, bro? Jude Bellingham. No. Kimmich. No. Like, nah, bro. I don't know about that. Bro, Be- Bellingham is not even the best enemy on this team, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. bro, De Jong is so gifted. De Jong's so gifted, man. A box to box player, yes, the young for sure, top three. He's he's everywhere, Probably man. Like De Jong, De Bruyne, Kimmich, Gundogan, Gundogan, yes. Verratti, is he up there? Uh yeah, Verratti too. He had a good he's game today. Not. Yeah, I'm saying like it's, it's he's probably top five, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, these Barca fans are biased, man. All the Barca, all the Barca players are top three. Eh? <laughs> what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying messing. right now. Like, yeah, man, I'm kidding. Yo, just relax. In current form, yeah. He, he could be. He could so. be. He's a, he could, you can give that a shot, yeah. In form right now, I would say the, yeah, the Jong is doing really well. Like, oh, Vera, Villa, Villarreal could have came back to win that, man. Like, Samuel, Samuel Chukwese was having a really good game. Yeah, he had a really good game. He's good, man. He's, He's really good. player, man. Like, that one goal, like, uh, his first goal. First yeah. Goal, rather, where he beat Ter Stegen. Like, I saw a lot of people, like, getting mad at Ter Stegen for, like, Kind of coming out and not what else? Like, what else can you do though? Friends, diving with his feet, like he's a footstop. He's keeper. talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> what, bro, I don't know what Alba is doing. Like, bro, how's this guy slipping? He slipped. But but a lot, like a, he wasn't the only person that slipped that game. There's a couple of people that slipped that game. Yeah, but his slip led to a goal being scored. They you you don't. Sp- yeah, you don't, you don't. You don't. You don't think about that. You don't think you're gonna slip. He just slipped and he couldn't get that, but. Juqueza was he was nice man. Like he was he was come under pressure. He saw Ter Stegen coming out, went around him, and he scored. But then Griezmann scored. Griezmann scored a minute after. <laughs> yeah. 
nice cheeky dink, man. But yeah, now uh, they're they're uh, tied for second with Madrid, who uh, tied as well against um, Betis, right? Betis, yeah, Betis. Yeah. Nil nil draw. Uh, that's amazing Getting for Barcelona. For Barcelona, yeah, right now. yeah. <laughs> and then Atletico Madrid. <laughs> oh my. One lost to Bill Bow, man. That was a crazy game. Crazy, back crazy forth, game, man. But again, man, are are Madrid just uh crumbling under pressure? Atletico Madrid. Yeah. That's what they do, bro? The serial boggers. Send me only out, man. They don't know how to maintain a lead or maintain a title hope. It's time to go, man. Man, he's the top paid manager on the planet. Top paid for what reason? Top paid for nothing, man. He hasn't. When's the last time you won a trophy with Atletico? 13, Holy smokes, man! Wow, and they still have him. Like, if this was a play, if this was a coach in the prem, what? How early would he been gone already? Like, he hasn't won anything. He fumbled a lead like now for sure. Yeah, he'd be on. It was a couple months that they were up by like ten double digits, ten points or something, right? Like. I swear it's like seventeen at one point. Yeah, right? and everyone was They're saying, "Oh, the league is done. The league is done in December." Yeah, for real. I saw it coming. I saw it coming. Yeah, Loki, you did, Jay. I remember Jay calling it way back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a crazy uh, referee decision in the Granada Sevilla game. No, tell us about so, it. Yeah. So basically, um, the ref ended up blowing the whistle after three minutes of injury time. But he gave four minutes. So he blew the whistle at the three-minute mark. And so Granada are 2-1 behind. They're mad. And then the Sevilla players had to have been called back from the dressing room to play the final 60 seconds. Wait, what? They went to the dressing room and they came back to play a minute. No, no, no. no. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. One, first off, the ref definitely screwed up because you're in the show how the game that early. But... How are you gonna tell players to come back to the field and play one minute for a football? You can't what, do that. What are you gonna create in a minute? Let's be real. No, not not just that, but like when it's called. These guys, are, these guys are already butt naked, ready to go into the shower, like, and then you have to put your freaking clothes on again. <laughs> your sweaty clothes. Again. Like that's just the officiating La Liga, man. Like, it's not just La Liga, man. It's everywhere. Like. Refing this season? No, definitely not. But like, it just—that's what I'm saying. But like, moments like these, like, it's like, like, what? (laughs) Bro, the the players were typing into their phone plus three already. They're ready to post their pictures. Yeah. They're already taking selfies in the changing room, bro. (laughs) Now that's wild, bro. This brings up a question I want to ask you guys. Yeah. So you know how with players we see post-match interviews? Do you guys think referees? Yes. You know what? That's that would be a good one. But at the same time, that sounds like something they would do in the Super League. Yes, <laughs> and then you get like fan questions. All right, we got That's a fan. We got idea. James Matusnik from the uh, Von Toronto Canada. Um, uh, he has a question here for you. Von Toronto Canada? What? Like, bro, <laughs> he has a question here imagine, for you. What's wrong with you? Just uh, imagine after a game. All right. So uh, today we have Matteo Lahoz. Uh, and so Matteo, I was wondering, so how come in the 90th minute when Barca had a uh, the ball in the box, and uh, Ramos just crucially, terribly tackled Dembele in the box. Studs up, cleats up, flying kick, yet no call was given, and not even a check to VAR. Can you explain your decision behind that? Yeah, you know, tough one, isn't it? Got it wrong. We'll regroup tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, Madrid's out. Uh, Madrid's out. Got your envelope ready, by the way? Tough one, isn't it? 
Yeah, you guys definitely practiced this before. <laughs> I didn't even know he was going to do this. But yeah, even even yeah. In, in the Super League, they were thinking, even saying like a, how they wanted refs to have like a, a body cam. Like, and not then, body cam, uh, mics. Or body, oh, and a mic. They're going to have them mic'd up, bro. Yeah. That'd be interesting, though. That would be they interesting. Should. Not mic'd up, but like, you know how football they do like, oh, uh, uh, five yard penalty, left side, yeah, uh, you first gonna, down. You, know, you know what I mean? That. Like. It, no, like for example, like up. oh hey, like you red card for stones for a bad tackle. I don't know things like that. You know what I mean? No, they should yeah, just be you, just, up you, have, you have to start making like like legit rules, rules like, now. It's, yeah, it's hard because like like if if you look at like sports, like let's say like like in the NHL or NFL or, or even the NBA, like where they do that sometimes, like because they stop the play because they have like they stop the play and they have like strict rules that they mm. follow. Like if someone like let's say you know crosses the line. Or you know, tugs a helmet or like cross checks or whatever. It's like they're stopping the play for that reason. But like in in, in soccer, it's kind of tough because it's like some refs like you know will, will let them play. Not every tackle is like is like a foul. It's like if it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. tough. Like I don't know, it's a little bit more tricky because like but, I feel I feel like yeah. in soccer like a lot a lot more like a I, lot more goals. I feel like it would be if they did it, it'd be cool if they did it with like VARs. Like if VARs on the mic and he's waiting there for like maybe yeah. a minute. Maybe then, because the play is actually stopped. Maybe there for the minute, he's like, "Yeah, okay, no VAR call, uh, offside or no goal offside." Or when he goes to VAR and he does this, he's like, "Nope, uh, goal or whatever." He tell he tells yeah. the crowd, "It'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. It'd be different." But like at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be different. It'd be cool. But at the same time, like, you know what I mean? Like you'd have to like really make the right terms of what specific terms of like this or that. They'd have to like find like I don't know. They have to find a way to do it. But I think there definitely should be like post match interviews for the refs. That would be cool. Just, uh, I, I I I like explain that. Explain a lot of certain calls that they made. It'd be too heat. Yeah. Don't you love to see that? It, it, especially oh, yeah. especially especially after like the game's over, where during like if like something happened during halftime, like or press conference, half. a press conference. You know, like the, all the media's there, and they have their time to like regain their thoughts, and then they maybe have the like, good questions to ask them, not like right after the game, like when the coaches go and like the refs will go too, and they'll have all the ref board there, like. Why did you make this call, or did you think that like a might like a bit too much? Because then, like then, that just sounds like interrogation. Of yeah. No. Like, yeah. And like, what are they gonna say? Like, yeah, I messed up. Like, it, it happens. Bad on the refs that they're yeah. admitting it. To be honest. Yeah. But if yeah, they, they messed up, there's VAR, no? Because they know they have to speak about it afterwards. Exactly, which put a, more pressure on them, right? Like, yeah. make to make better calls. Exactly. I would think it would be a cool, cool thing to see. Just to just to dig into the refs' heads even a bit more, like just to see how what they thought of it and what 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 they went through it and and like if if they didn't go to VAR, the the that the person asking could be asking like, oh, why did you guys go to VAR this time when you should have used it, but last time you used it when you did this, you know, like just to see what they say. No, no like matter that. no matter what they do for the the refs are never gonna be loved by anyone. Like it's either way, it's it's gonna be they always make mistakes. Yeah, even, it doesn't matter what they do. Even today too, in the in the Carabao Cup final, like there was chances where like they were called, they would have given like yellow cards in these scenarios if they were in the league. Like refs are really like lenient or really like they kind of hold back when it's finals. Or even today, there's fans there. Like when there's no fans, there, I feel like they have no pressure from like just the, the the noise that's being created by fans themselves. And again, like just performing in like finals, like they'll kind of be like hold back because they obviously don't want to give red cards into these moments because it's, it is a big game for both teams. You know what I mean? Like there was today, like Laporte, like I think should have got 
there was times where he should have got two yellow cards. And I think I don't think he received a card at all this game. And what he's the one who scored the he's the one who scored the goal too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, like refs do need to kind of like take a little refresher this summer. And that's the thing. Like, I don't want to see like a bad run like Euros or a bad bun like. Imagine a World Cup and like these refs still don't have their shit together and like VAR is still like, a little iffy. Like calls are being not called for this game and then they're being called for other games. I'm sure they're only gonna bring the best of the best, like the best of each nation that they have. So I don't think that they'll be ref too bad. But they're not gonna bring. Man, if you're refing, if you're refing professional football, you gotta be the best of the best. Yeah, no, but they're not gonna bring in these refs that make mistakes during the year. They're not gonna bring this ref who who ref this. Uh, uh, what was it? The Sevilla game you said. Yeah. They're not gonna bring that guy to the Euros. Like you made a mistake like that, you're not coming. They're only gonna bring yeah. the people who've had the the cleanest uh, sheet. Whoever's had their best ref games, you're coming. And it's mostly gonna be the champion. Is that yeah. how they do it? Yeah. That how they do it? Yeah, that's how they do it. But Spidey, I'm saying like Spidey it, took the course. <laughs> it, it's it's not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be it's not gonna the refs aren't gonna be that bad in Euro, Euros or World Cup. Yeah, but that, it it's not the refs I'm worried about. It's more like just the VAR calls like. What's a penalty? What's not a penalty? Is that a red card? Is that not a red card? Like, and like these. When moments... you're in neutral, though, like it's fun, man. No, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. But like, it just sometimes they're just crazy calls, like today, like. But it's again, it's it's if VAR wasn't there, then it'd still be more controversy too. Like it, it, it's both ways. If there's no VAR, there's VAR. There's refs kind of make good and bad calls. It's part of the game, and sometimes you have to just accept it. Yeah, like that City Spurs CL game. Two years back, when Sterling scored that last minute and it was uh, called offside by VAR, that was like hilarious as a neutral. Yeah. Like that was good entertainment. Yeah, there, there, there is good moments where you're like, damn, that's crazy. Like as a neutral, but imagine Barca in that situation. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think we should uh, end it off there. I think that's it, folks. Jay, close her off. Thanks everybody for tuning in to episode thirty-two. The what player episode? Carlitos. Carlitos. Bro. Carlitos. This episode. Um. Yeah. Smash the like button. Hit subscribe. Rate the podcast five stars. Find us on all social medias at the Footy Culture. Always some good content being dropped. We the culture man. We the culture boys. Ciao. Let's do it.